0: Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, and joining me today on the very special quarantine edition of Half the Battle is UFC Welterweight Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad? Bilal, welcome back to Half the Battle. What's up, bro? Thanks for having me back. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. So, look, old school fans of Half the Battle will remember I had a young prospect named Bilal Muhammad on my show right before you fought. Steve Carl and what would end up being your last regional fight before your UFC debut. It's amazing how things have panned out. What would you say is the biggest difference between Bilal Muhammad in 2020 versus the Bilal Muhammad that was getting ready to fight Steve Carl?
1: Uh, just growth. Like, uh, grow- I feel like I'm growing every year, even as a fighter, martial artist, uh, even as a person. And uh, if you're not growing every year, then uh, you're not doing it right. So I feel like I've, I've grown a lot. Uh, and I feel like, uh, I'm starting about to start making my move in the UFC.
0: Now, man, how's this quarantine life been treating you? Cause uh, it's different for everybody. You know, for some of us homebodies, it ain't as bad, but some people love to go out all the time. I know it sucks not being able to go to jujitsu. How's quarantine life treating you, Bilal? I mean, it's
1: been all right. Uh, I'm not one of those guys that goes out anyway, but, uh, I'll just go to the, just going to the gym, my regular gym, uh, process and, uh training you know i was training for a fight so uh i had to figure out a lot of different things because uh i usually train in milwaukee so now i'm doing all my training in chicago so it's just a lot more driving a lot more figuring out different times different training partners being smarter with smaller groups of guys uh being careful with making sure you're not going with just new guys all the time so uh it's been difficult but you know getting through it
0: What's your lifestyle like with or without a fight? I mean, are you someone that stays active regardless?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm always in the room training. I'm always uh, – I like to always be learning no matter what. Uh, the gym is where, I, where I'm the best at. So uh, the only difference I would say is just eating-wise, diet-wise. When I have a fight, I got to clean up my diet. When I'm not fighting, I can eat whatever, but I'm still training basically as much.
0: So the current form of your UFC career, I mean, you've won six of your last seven. You're looking the best you ever have. How are you personally feeling about this uh, current version of Bilal Muhammad?
1: I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling like I'm coming into my own, uh, ready to make statements. I'm just waiting for them, bigger fights, ranked fights. uh, uh, But all I can do is just keep winning and keep uh, going out there and showing out. So uh, eventually the UFC will start pushing me and promoting me the way I feel like I need
0: to be. So, obviously, you were scheduled to fight Lyman Good. He, unfortunately, pulled out the fight. Now, is this a situation where they're just going to match you all up on a different date, or are they looking for a new opponent for you?
1: Uh, they're actually looking for a new opponent, uh, just trying to figure some stuff out. Uh, they've already, like, sent me stuff, telling me that they need to get me tested for corona and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm assuming they're still looking, searching for guys. And uh, hopefully, I'll be on that fight card next week.
0: Hey, for everyone... Uh Listening, I hope y'all paid attention to what he just said. They are testing uh, the UFC fighters for Corona, so that's good to know. But
1: just real quick, I wanted your... Yeah, The they're testing uh, the fighters and the corners, so they asked for all of our addresses. So hopefully it's going to be a a good, clean event.
0: Yeah, 100%. So just even even though you're going to fight a different opponent i kind of wanted your thoughts on the potential lyman good fight i mean he's a very talented guy he's known for his striking we have seen holes on, in the grappling area of things what's your what's your opinion
1: oh i think i feel like it would have been a good fight a fun fight for the fans uh he was looking hot after his last win over uh, Rencontre. uh you know he had a, a big knock out there so uh and uh you know i was pushing for a ranked guy but i feel like he has a big enough name where people know who he is former bellator champion and uh I feel like the winner of that fight between us two would have would have got a ranked opponent next. So uh, no, it was a tough opponent. I was training for, so uh, I was training hard. So now, like I said, I'm ready for anybody now. So even uh, if they do replace replace them, I like I was training already hard already. So it doesn't matter who they put in front of me.
0: So your last fight, man, was in Abu Dhabi, and dude, I gotta say. Uh... Obviously, the fight was great. We'll talk about that in a sec. But the lead-up to the fight, man, I saw those videos. You were treated like royalty down there. I mean, how good did it feel in a way to somewhat come home a bit and be treated like a king?
1: Man, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, Just like the hospitality down there, the people down there were amazing. Uh, And you really didn't expect uh, people to be that big of fans down there. Because I know they're more just guys. But, man, they all loved MMA. Like, we'll sit there even before the fight. We'll be at the mall and be a line of people running up to us. Like, they already knew who we were, so it was just crazy. It was a it was a big difference from uh, there and uh, here.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, I mean, if things were ideal, when would you like to go back and visit?
1: Man, I'm hoping. They're, they're talking about they're supposed to be going down there five years in a row. I don't know what's going to happen uh, now with this whole corona thing. They're going to have to switch a lot of stuff up. But uh, I was planning on being on every one of them cars, hopefully. But, uh, you know, like, even uh, now still, like, I'm, uh, I am met a couple people down there that are uh, really cool. And uh, they're, like, anytime I want to come down there, uh, I could visit uh chill at their house so uh i mean it's a great time great place to do uh vacations and stuff like that so hopefully get a fight couple fights out the way now then uh start thinking about vacations
0: so in your last fight against sato you actually got the first uh submission win of your career and it's not for lack of trying i mean we've seen those beautiful entries we've seen those back takes but for it to finally come to fruition you got that tap uh, how good did that feel and how proud was professor wanderley uh
1: man it was great man it was awesome uh uh, like my coaches, Daniel Andale and stuff, they're like, they're the type that where I'll get frustrated after a fight, even if I had a guy's back for a while or something like that. I'll win a fight, but I always want that finish. But they are just say, hey, they're going to come. They're going to be patient. Like his biggest thing is just tell me, be patient, be patient. We're going to get the positions. We're getting to the positions where uh, we can finish people. Now it's just inches, inches, inches. And uh, like I said, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better every fight, every practice, uh, every day I'm training. I'm getting inches of better. So now I feel like now that I got that one out the way, <clears throat> hopefully more and more and more will start coming now.
0: And uh, currently you're a brown belt under uh, Professor Vanderlei?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I just got my brown belt under him. Uh, so uh, I haven't been able to do gi in a while since uh, this whole corona thing, but hopefully I'll get back to classes now.
0: How is it being over. trained under someone from such a serious lineage like Professor Vanderlei? Man, it's awesome. It's just, it's, And then his just training methods uh, are
1: different than a lot of people's where... He bases a lot of his stuff off of uh, fighting, so he'll, he'll he'll teach you stuff. If you're not like in a pro class, he's teaching you stuff that you're going to be able to use in a fight. Not a lot of guys will show you a lot of different things here or there, and uh, like I'll sit there and play guard a lot, and he'll be like, no, you're a top guy. Stay on top. We're not playing this uh, Jits game. The, he's more of like a wrestling base. He knows what wins fights. He knows what gets you to places. A lot of the guys on the team are really good at submissions, but he likes to put people in different uh, spots where it's going to help them win more. You could be on the bottom and throwing up submissions here and there, but you're still on bottom, and judges are looking at that. Uh, Nowadays, judges don't really know a lot, so uh, they're seeing you on bottom. Even though if you're throwing submissions, elbowing out the bottom, they're still giving you the the loss because you're on the other guys on top. So with him, his methods of teaching are trying to get you to win and uh, trying to uh, keep you forward and keep the judges knowing that you're on top, you're winning.
0: So in other words, you all favor a position over submission. Yeah, basically. So, man, obviously, we all know you fought Curtis Melender in the ATL. And, uh, dude, I, I remember uh, you sent me a text that you were in the lobby, and you were treated like a rock star when you were in Atlanta. I saw Bilal Muhammad take a picture with every single fan. How was that reception fighting in uh, Atlanta, Georgia?
1: Man, that was awesome. Uh, you know, you know, a couple places where you go, you, you don't expect a lot. But, man, it was awesome over there. It was a great time. Uh, it was a great card and a great fight. Uh You know, Like I said, I feel like now I'm starting to become a household name where people are starting to want to see me fight a lot. And then once I'm on any cards, you're going to have a lot of people come up to me. And I'm one of those people that I don't take anything for granted. So anytime a fan comes up to me, asks me for a picture, I'm going to give it to them because you never know how long they're going to ask you for pictures for.
0: That's a great point, man. So obviously, look, lots of people are going through a tough time right now. What kind of recommendations would you give the people uh, during this quarantine?
1: Uh, Just that I feel like there's always uh, sun at the end of a – a storm, You know, I feel like that if everybody just stays patient, everybody does the right things, even staying healthier now, man. Like a lot of people now, you get, instead of uh, everybody's a lot of people are complaining like, oh, I don't have this. I don't do that. I don't do that. Just be more grateful for what you have. You have a roof over your head. You have if you have food in the fridge, you know, you're blessed. That's the biggest thing right now. And I feel like a lot of people now are not real are realizing how blessed they are. And then you're having people realize, damn, uh, I, I miss work or I took work for granted. You know it's I always said I wanted this much time off or that much time off but then you're not realizing that if you have money in the bank there's people out there that don't have money in the bank there's guys out here that are that work at gyms and they don't have uh they're not having that residual income coming because they they're they were working on their own they they only get paid off of when they're in the gym or fighters they only get paid when they're fighting like they don't have any other jobs where they could get uh severance pay or uh uh, back pay from the their their offices or whatever and a lot of people don't know how to save so I feel like now It's a lot of things for teaching people that Stuff's not always gonna be running smooth man. You got you have to stay strong mentally and then uh, Just be prepared for the worst
0: well said man, so to, to flip things around a little bit UFC. They're doing a great thing, man They scheduled an event UFC 249 they gave us a stack card like they promised and there's one welterweight matchup on the card and obviously everyone that's been following you knows that you've been killing it with these fight predictions So I got to know your prediction on the one welterweight matchup on the card between luke and price It's actually a rematch. You think uh, Nico can get that one back or you think luke has his number?
1: Uh, I mean the first fight wasn't really that competitive, but with Nico anything's possible with him. you know, he has Got wild punches wild shots and but I feel like luke is one of those guys where he stays in position a lot. He doesn't uh, He'll he'll brawl, but he stays composed and he has he keeps his hands up a lot. Nico will catch guys a lot because they'll sit there and brawl with their hands down, or they'll get caught in weird positions. I feel like uh, it's gonna be kind of like the same fight where Luque is gonna walk him down, push him against the fence, fence, and then uh, I think he's gonna catch him.
0: So in other words, you think no matter how many times they fight, it's just a tough matchup for Nico there. Yeah,
1: I feel like I, like I don't feel like Nico is one of those guys. The game plan, I feel like. If you saw the way that Wonderboy fought Luque, you know, Wonderboy has a great style of hidden move, hidden move, hidden, not get hit. Nico is not going to come with a game plan, I don't feel like. I don't feel like he's one of those guys that's going to go out there and fight. And wherever the fight takes him, he's going to go from there. So, like, if it's a brawl, Nico's going to be like, all right, I'm a brawl. If it goes to the ground, like you see, when Vic took him out to the ground, all right, I'll knock you off in the ground. So, like, he's one of those guys who will just take what happens to him. Uh, other guys that I feel like beat uh, Luke are guys that game plan against them uh like you see Wonderboy stuck and move and then uh a uh, dude from London uh uh Leon Edwards uh took him down a lot and uh played the smart game with him so uh i feel like uh yeah Luke is going to end up coming out top in this one
0: And, man, I ask you this every time I have you on the show. How's the vibe at Rufus Sport these days? Because, obviously, you got yourself who's won six of seven. Sergio just made a huge statement in Bellator. Gerald's coming off the submission. Biggie's on a three-fight win streak. You got Felder with the fight of the year candidate. And Matador Sanchez is always killing it. So, it seems like you guys are in a really good place right now.
1: Yeah, man. We had some good momentum going. Uh, It just sucks that, you know, the gym's closed right now. We haven't been to the guys. And just having that. That family bond with your boys, like not even really training wise, just having that that brothers. You you know when you're going to the gym and you just know that all right, we're just joking around, playing around. It's just that whole atmosphere is a whole difference. You know, like even right now, where like now I'm the, I had to like drive 40 minutes to a gym to to train or work out, or and then I have to figure out, all right, yo, could you train later today or that? Over there it was just like a a good uh, setup. You know, I, I was literally living right across the street, walking across the street. And then, you know, just hanging out with your boys. But everybody over there is, like you said, everybody over there is good. So it's a small group, but they're all uh, beasts and they're all monsters. And they're all just trying to help each other out. So it's a great family atmosphere. And uh just can't wait for the Jens to be able to back up again so we get back to that.
0: So you're literally on the cusp of the top 15 of the UFC welterweight division. You think one more win and there's no more denying Bilal Muhammad a spot in the rankings?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see why not. Like, I feel like I should still be ranked even right even right now, I feel like I should be ranked, but I, I don't know who comes up with these uh, dumbass rankings. But, uh, yeah, you know, like I don't really care about rankings. I don't care if there's a number next to my name. I'm just going to keep winning, and uh, I get paid no matter what. So uh, I'm just going to keep fighting for whatever they put in front of me.
0: And what do you think about the current state of the UFC welterweight division? Because for my money, it's the most exciting it's ever been in years.
1: Uh, yeah, like it's, I feel like it's one of the most exciting divisions. And uh, as you can see, too, you know, like I feel like a good run of fights, a good run of finishes will get you that title shot, will get you near that title shot. So I feel like rankings don't have that big of a deal with it. If you look at Masvidal, he had three uh, wins back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Didn't fight a, a top-five guy, but now he's about to fight for the title just because of that momentum he caught up with. And then uh, he had the fans running on his side. And even like uh, Dominic Cruz, you never know. Like uh, He hasn't fought in a year and a half, but he's about to get a title shot. So like you could always slip into that mode. You never know. Even right now with All these guys, a lot of guys aren't training right now. They're not going hard. So even when the fights start coming back to back to back, like the UFC said, they want to put on a show every week. You're going to have a lot of guys that are rusty and aren't well trained and are just fighting just to get paid. And they're not going to be ready. Me, I'm working hard. I'm I'm still grinding. I feel like I'm getting better every day. So like I'm going to be that guy that's going to be that Gilbert Burns type of guy where, yo, you need to fight next week. I'm down. Week after that. All right, cool. I'm healthy. I'm good. Let's go. Let's go again.
0: And, I mean, you just mentioned a guy who now he's ranked number six in your weight class. You, two are always staying active. You think that's a fight we could see down the line?
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, he's not one of those guys that picks and chooses who he wants to fight. I feel like he always wants to fight the best guy out there, and he's always ready to fight. And I feel like I'm the type of guy to do the same thing where, like you said, he's, uh, I think he's only 3-0 and in the welterweight division, uh, but it's just about momentum. He had two uh, good wins on short notice. He fought Gunnar Nelson on short notice, that other rushing guy on short notice. And then, bam, he had a big fight against Maya, And he just showed that rankings don't really mean anything because Maya was, like, number five or four, and he was, like, number 13, 12, and he knocked him out. And even with uh, Michael Chiesa, Michael Chiesa wasn't ranked, and he fought Dos Anjos, who was number five. And, I mean, he beat him pretty handily. So, uh, like I said, it's it's all about timing. It's all about when that fight comes and being ready. If uh, an injury happens or anything, it pops off. And if your guy raised, that guy to raise your hand and you're ready to fight and you could go and you win, you're the next guy in line.
0: I think one of the things that the fans love about the sport is the camaraderie between athletes and kind of the bond that's formed after a hard-fought battle. And I noticed you posted a picture that you did some training with your former opponent, Jeff Neal. How was that?
1: Uh, I mean, it was cool. It was real awesome, man. Uh, like I said, like, I'm not one of those guys that needs to hate somebody to fight them. I don't need to make it personal like a Kobe Covington and say dumbass stuff. Uh, you know, they have a great gym down there at Fortis. I was like visiting, cornering somebody down there and they opened their doors to me. Their coaches were awesome. Uh, the team was awesome. And, you know, just that martial arts mentality where, uh, I don't have to hate you. And it's all about respect. Like we respect, we, we message each other on uh, Instagram and stuff like that, asking about each other. But, uh, just to have that level where, all right, if I'm in Dallas, yo, I could go down there and train, work out with new guys, get new looks, just, uh, deal with another great coach like uh safe saoud get his mindset see what see what he thinks me i'm one of those guys i like to get around a lot when uh especially when i was in chicago i was going to like gym to gym to gym and i feel like that helped me a lot with uh myself as a fighter because you're not getting comfortable in the same gym going with the same guys and uh, you already know what your your training partners are going to do or what they're good at what they're not good at so like makes boring i mean it makes sparring a, a little boring and lackadaisical but when you go to new gyms you get new looks. It gives you that fight feel like you're, all right, now I got I to gotta go a little harder with this guy or I got to be patient or not patient with them. And uh, it was great because all of them guys over there, none of them, you know, when you go to a gym, a lot of guys have egos and they want to show off in front of their team. Uh, none of them are like that. They're all cool. Uh, and it was really
0: cool. You're the only man in Octagon history to go the distance with Jeff. What do you think the ceiling is on a kid like that?
1: Uh, man, I feel like he, he's really good everywhere. I feel like he's one of those guys that's sharp everywhere. and that, But little stuff like that. Where that he's showing now, it's making guys afraid to fight him. It's making guys uh, higher ranked than him saying, "Oh, I could only fight. I don't even want to fight above me. I don't want to fight below me." And that's what that's what I hate about rankings because uh, it gives a all right. This guy said he did not want to fight below him, so it makes it seem like all right, he's right. He doesn't he doesn't want to fight below him, but you just don't want to fight him because he's a, he's on the come up right now and he's uh, got a lot of momentum and he's actually good everywhere. So it's just making a lot of guys afraid. But I feel like. If he gets the right fights and uh, guys start actually taking the fights, uh, I feel like it'll be top five
0: soon. So you mentioned uh, one of the biggest trash talkers in your division, Colby. And look, there's a chance y'all cross paths at some point huh. in your career. Now, would this be the first time that someone would try to go below the belt with you and talk serious trash since maybe the Chris Curtis fight?
1: Ah, oh, man, I did, literally, uh, I wish I wish we'd get that fight. I was calling for that fight even before he went into his uh, trash talk coping days when he was a freaking dork on the street with the sign that said looking for a fight when uh, UFC wanted to get him a fight because he was a boring loser. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm one of those guys that loves trash talk. I like guys trash uh, trash talk. So like, it'll make me, it'll make my fight more exciting for me. So like, I'll, I'll go back and forth with people all day because uh, I do it in the gym all day, especially at Roof Sport. Uh, so I feel like I'm training with trash talk and doing all that stuff over there anyway. So just having him, especially with his, Terrible trash talk. It'll just be a lot funnier funnier for me because I'll make him look stupid
0: And what do you think about the skill set he brings to the table putting the trash talk aside?
1: No, nah, obviously he's good uh, He's one of those guys that stays in your face and uh, he'll break a lot of guys just off of cardio. I feel like uh, I mean, he doesn't punch the hardest but he's always in your face and those those are the guys that are the worst the guys that are always in your face always moving, and it's hard to uh, get clean hits on him just because he's not stop punching nonstop stop shooting on you Oh, uh, you defend the takedown, all right, he's back to punching you again. So those are the the worst guys to fight because they never give you a breath. And a lot of guys will break. But uh, I feel like I'll, I won't be one of those guys that breaks.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't you supposed to fight uh, Jesse Taylor at one point who has a very similar style?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was actually supposed to fight Jesse Taylor in Australia, uh, my second UFC fight. But uh, uh, he ended up getting popped for steroids. And I thought, uh, what's uh, –
0: uh main to means. So basically you've been training for that kind of opponent for a while now, so it wouldn't kind of be like a shock to your training camp at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, I train with a lot of great wrestlers, a lot of great guys. And my coach Lewis Taylor is one of those guys that when I'm in camp, he's pushing me to breaking point. Like he's always on top of me. He's uh, a lot heavier right now, so he like he's always pushing me and he's one of those guys that doesn't make you stop until you're you're breaking. And, uh, I feel like that makes me a lot stronger mentally than a lot of these guys. Cause a lot of these guys will, all right, we're going to go five minute round, three, five minute rounds. That's our training for the day. But with them, we don't do time limits. We go, we go into, we're not breathing anymore. We're, uh, we're both laying down with our hands over our head, freaking feet on the wall, trying to catch our breath type thing. We don't go to for time limits or, uh, uh, three minute rounds or anything like that. We go to breaking points.
0: And speaking of your coach, Lewis Taylor, how amazing was it to see him go out there and win that PFL tournament when he did?
1: That was, man, like, I still haven't had a better uh, day in my life, man. I feel like even uh, bigger accomplishments, my accomplishments don't mean nothing compared to just, like, seeing him get what he deserves. Like, he's been in this game for so long. Uh, he had a lot of ups and downs and just a lot of hard thinking uh, stuff, you know, where when you're down, you, nobody's, everybody's afraid to fight you. You start uh, second guessing yourself, like man, should I have still fight? Should I still train? Should I still that? And uh, I feel like I was one of those guys where I was always trying to push him, like dude, you're still killing everybody in the gym. Your your time will come. Your time will come. Your time will come. He never got a shot in the UFC, but I feel like everything happens for a reason. Because I mean, nobody in not a lot of guys in the UFC are going to make a million dollars, and he did it in one year. And the the biggest thing for me is just seeing like bigger fighter, bigger name fighters like Daniel Cormier tomorrow Usman, like, seeing Lou and like, hey, champ, oh, it's the champ, middleweight champ, and uh, just having them recognize him for how good he is. Because for my whole life, I was, like, the only one that knew how good he was. And I was always telling people, man, you got to see Lou. You got to come train with Lou. And uh, he wasn't able to go to a lot of gyms or travel like I did because, you know, he has kids, a family. So a lot of his stuff was staying at home. He never left his original gym. He always built up all of his training partners from amateurs up. He didn't need to uh, bring in uh, bigger names. Even when he fought David Branch, he didn't go to a bigger gym. David Branch uh, trained with a bigger gym, huge gym, a lot of uh, great uh, training partners. But Lou, I was even injured during that camp. So like he was literally training with amateur fighters and just doing his own thing. And it's uh, it's crazy to think what he would be if he was at like a huge gym, big-time gym, and he started there when he was young, man. He's like a Yo Romero where he's like ageless.
0: Well, Bilal, let's get down to some of these fan questions, man. So the fans were really excited that you were coming on half the battle. So Garrett wants to know, and I guess he was thinking you were still fighting Lyman. Do you think that a potential win over Lyman gets you that top 15 opponent next? And who would be your ideal top 15 opponent?
1: Man, yeah, like I guess uh, hopefully uh, I figured that would have that got me, if I would have went out there and put on a good show like I was uh, planning on doing against Lyman. Uh, basically, anybody in the top 15 I'm trying to fight. Uh, I was looking for uh, uh, Michael Chiesa. I feel like that would be a, a good fight for me. Uh, but I will get any of those wins back. Uh, uh, Luke a or even Neil again, too. Like, a, like either one of those guys, I don't care. Just want to work my way up the ladder again. Uh, number 15 is Conor McGregor. So, hey, I'll start at number 15 and work my way back up.
0: Kevin wants to know, who has the better cardio between you and your boy, Paul Felder?
1: Oh, man. Uh, there, there's... There's levels to this. Paul sits, sits out here. He, do, he jogs a little couple miles, but that ain't car, that ain't fighting cardio. I got better cardio than uh, Paul.
0: So uh, another question. Uh, what skill out of the whole basket of MMA do you credit most for your success? And uh, what area do you think you need the most growth for?
1: Uh, I feel like wrestling is uh, the biggest skill. Just like I never wrestled in college. I wrestled in high school, but I worked with a lot of great wrestlers. Lewis Taylor was a Division One wrestler. And uh, I feel like that changes everything for everybody because it's mindset. So, like, even wrestling, is it's a grind practice. It's not like jiu-jitsu where you could rest in the guard or anything like that. Wrestling is when you're going to hard wrestling practice, your guys are going to breaking points. And uh, you really see how tough you really are if you get through a real uh, hard wrestling practice.
0: You also want to know, what's the sparring like at Rufus Sport? Do you all just go 80% all the time? Is, does it change time by time? Let us know. Uh,
1: yeah, man. Nobody over there is trying to kill each other. Uh, I feel like everybody over there is, uh, looking to help each other out, especially if guys got fights. Uh, that's the great thing about it is like your training partners will emulate your, your, your opponent. Nobody over there has egos where like, they don't want to look bad. Like, man, if you see Mike Biggie Rhodes, literally like probably the best, best athlete I've ever seen in my life where he could emulate any fighter. And like, he's so athletic for being freaking probably like 250 pounds right now, but he'll sit there and do a backflip spinner Rooney and you'll be like, what the heck? And yeah, like even for when Anthony fought uh, Wonderboy, like just his style, like he emulated him to the down to the T where he had that karate style jumping up the whole time, bouncing in and out. Uh, it was it was crazy, man. And just seeing it and then uh, how he could switch it up right when Anthony fought Diaz, did the same thing Diaz does. But uh, I feel like the, the great thing about Roof Sport is the guys over there want to see you win. They're not like training partners that, Oh, he's in the UFC. Let me, let me prove that I, I could be in the UFC, too, by making him look bad. Those guys over there, no, nobody's like that. Nobody has the egos. Everybody over there is trying to uh, make you uh, grow together.
0: And shout out to my boy, Mike Biggie Rose, longtime friend of the show. So Dylan wants to know, has Bilal Muhammad ever bet on himself? And just so you know, it's completely legal to bet on yourself. <laughs>
1: uh, I, actually, I actually don't gamble. But uh, I'll circle myself on my picks though.
0: <laughs> yes, nice, nice. Got to believe in yourself in this day and age. So, uh, MMA Sanders says, "What's the most uh, important fight you've ever won?"
1: Uh, I feel like the most important fight I ever won was uh, that Steve Carll fight. I feel like uh, just because uh, it got me uh, over that hump of uh, finally getting into the UFC. It was uh, on the come up, you know, when you're when you're in the smaller organizations and you're working your way up. You know, you get to 6-0, and you're like, all right, man, UFC's not looking at me yet. 7-0, and man, UFC's still not looking at me. 8-0, and you're like, all right, man, maybe I should get a, a real job or another job if they're still not offering me fights. And, you know, I had a, a, a while where I had like a, a six to eight months where I wasn't getting any calls from Titan, no opponents or anything like that. They weren't offering me anything. So then I started just going on Twitter, calling out guys from other shows, like trying to hop on other shows. Then Titan finally uh, offered me a title fight. But it's hard when you're not in the UFC. You know you don't have uh, a bunch of shows back-to-back-to-back to back to back where you have opportunities to hop on a card. Uh, when you're on the come-up, man, it's it's crazy when you're on the smaller shows. It's just it's a lot about just believing in yourself and pushing yourself. And you really got to want to do this job, man, because nobody's going to be pushing you in the, in the gym or uh, on the road by yourself. And, you know, you get to the point where you're not making any money and – Your family probably – I had my family still thinking I was making money, uh, good money outside of the UFC. And I was getting paid like $300 300, $300 a fight. And even for that Steve Carl fight, it was a five-round fight. I got paid $1,500. And you're like, damn, did I really do that? But for me, it wasn't about the money. It was about the competition and always believing in myself, knowing that I was going to be in the UFC, knowing I was going to be a contender, and uh, just knowing that I was going to be where I am right now.
0: How stoked is your family now that you're doing what you're doing? I bet I bet they're your biggest fans.
1: Yeah, yeah of course, man. My brothers and sisters—they go to every single fight, uh, no matter where it is. They all went to Abu Dhabi. It's it's just great having that with them and uh, being able to experience this journey with them because uh, they've all believed in me from the beginning and they all pushed me from the beginning. So uh, uh, it wasn't like my plan; it was like our plan all together. So uh, it feels good to to see success with it, and then you know when you're when you're down and you lose a fight the the people that stick by you are the ones that truly mean uh, the most to you and that's my family It's always been there for me when i'm up they're they're at the high with me when i'm down they're at the low with me so it's uh it's hard and it's great at the same time
0: it's a beautiful thing so hisham hamid says could you please talk about your training routine and the daily meals for dusk and dawn during ramadan
1: uh man i probably don't do it the smartest way me uh i'm one of those guys like i said i like to tough it out mentally a lot so uh i've grown a lot more with it uh every year i'm getting a lot better with it but i'm still training the normal uh, routine i'm training uh probably at uh 12 and uh 130 so i'm getting two practices in in the morning and then at night uh right before it's time to eat i'll get a pad session in but uh, right after that, I'm getting, making sure I'm getting my carbs in. I'm not eating, uh, like, you know, a lot of a lot of people with slurs during Ramadan where they'll eat a lot of desserts. That's the biggest thing. A lot of desserts, a lot of heavy rice, a lot of bread. Me, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm trying to stay clean. Mostly, a lot of my stuff comes from, like, sweet potatoes, quinoa, like, uh, healthier uh, carbs that are going to give me energy for the next day and uh, refuel me. And I'm drinking a Pedialyte every night. Uh, so it's basically, like, I just weight cut it. So uh, I got to get that electrolytes back in me and i'm uh at least drinking a, at least a gallon and a half a day because i know i'm gonna be sweating the next day so uh after the first three to four days my body like i feel like gets uh acclimated to it and it gets used to not uh training with water or with food so uh i feel like it just makes me stronger like i said mentally physically uh by the by the mid of uh ramadan i feel like my body's just uh taking a whole nother level
0: so Hisham also wanted to know because he said that he personally struggles to get any work in during the month when he's fasting. So what what kinds of tips uh, or pointers would you give him? Is it just diet-based? Is it mindset? Tell us about it, below.
1: Uh, for me, I feel like for most people it would be more mindset-based. But uh, even for, for him, if he's not really uh, uh, fighting or doesn't have a fight coming up, I'll do more drilling stuff, uh, keeping your technique sharp. Doing little stuff like that where you're not going to go sparring or wrestling hard, where you're going to burn a lot of energy. I'll do more stuff that are, like, drill-based. Get a good training partner that's going to drill with you, uh, do a little jiu-jitsu drills, wrestling drills, even striking drills on a pad or a bag. Little stuff like that. Get your body used to it. And then every day, add a little more, add a little more, add a little more. And then you never know. By the end of the month, maybe you'll be sparring at the end of it, and you'll get used to it.
0: Well, Bilal, I truly appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, on Half the Battle. The fans can follow you on Twitter at BullyB170. Uh, any message for them before we go?
1: Uh, Thanks, bro, for having me on, man. Uh, yeah, just uh hoping for everybody to stay strong out there, stay healthy. Uh, This will pass. And uh, just be more caring about the people around you, man. Like, I'm going to the grocery stores. I'm seeing older people uh, – like struggling to find anything to eat finding stuff groceries and just think about how blessed you really are if you have food and you're able to buy groceries and you're able to have a house because a lot of people out here that are not quarantined in the house or not quarantined with real good food or not quarantined with a, a safe family or anything like that man you're you're truly blessed right now and uh use the time wisely
0: I couldn't say it better myself, Bilal. Thank you again for the time. I think all the fans are really grateful. I know I am. Uh, For all the fans listening at home, make sure you subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the places where you are available. Next week, you know it's going to be the UFC 249 breakdown. We'll be back right here right now on Half the Battle. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.